0: Welcome to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience dating, love, and relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach, and attachment expert, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. Today, we're going to be diving into five tips for processing and navigating a breakup. So not strictly an attachment focused episode today, obviously breakups affect all of us at different points in life and they are universally hard. And so, you know, after attachment stuff, breakups are one of the topics that I get asked a lot of questions about and that a lot of people really seek out and need support with. So I'm hoping that in sharing some of these tips for you know how to process and navigate a relationship ending, um, that this will be helpful for a lot of people. Before I dive into that, I just want to remind you that my signature program, Healing Anxious Attachment, is reopening for enrollment in less than 10 days. So very exciting. Um, I've been going through the testimonials that have been coming through from The first cohort of students who went through the program. And honestly, I have been so humbled by the feedback and the transformations that people have experienced. People who, you know, in their words, have found the course life changing, that say they've had, you know, major breakthroughs, that they have more control over their emotions than they've ever had before in their lives, that they feel like they can self soothe, that they can really talk themselves off a cliff when. Their anxiety ramps up. Really incredible life changing stuff in only six weeks. Um, and so, if that's something that you struggle with and you're feeling frustrated or hopeless, please trust that there is a life beyond relationship anxiety. It doesn't have to be your future, even if it's been your past. So, if that's interesting to you, I really encourage you to sign up to the waitlist. You'll save over $100 on the purchase price of the program and you'll also get access to some exclusive bonuses. So I've popped the waitlist link in the show notes and really encourage you to sign up for that if you're interested. Okay, with that out of the way, let's dive into five tips for processing a breakup. So the first tip here is that you should expect that it will be hard and that you should allow yourself the space and time to grieve properly to really feel your feelings around this. The reason that I put this at the start is because I think that managing expectations around a breakup is so important and yet is something that a lot of people get wrong. I think we can have a lot of stories around if this was meant to be, it wouldn't be this hard or we're clearly meant to be together because I feel so devastated in the wake of the relationship ending or it doesn't make sense or, you know, we interpret our emotions like sadness, grief, loss, fear as meaning something about the relationship when really those emotions are an entirely understandable, normal, predictable response to the loss of a relationship, right? And so I think when we sort of recalibrate our expectations such that We are anticipating those feelings, then when those feelings inevitably arise, we're less likely to, you know, attribute them to meaning something about the relationship and second guessing ourselves, wondering whether it was the right thing. Because if it was the right thing, it shouldn't be this hard. The truth is, it's always going to be hard. Of course, some breakups are harder than others. Sometimes it, you know, makes more sense and sometimes it feels like it doesn't make any sense at all, but it will always be hard, right? There is a sense of loss there. The relationship becomes almost like its own person or its own entity. And when that ceases to exist, you know, that's, there is a real grieving process there. So just validating yourself for feeling all of those perfectly normal things rather than, you know, panicking about those feelings. I think that we have such a collective aversion to feeling difficult feelings that we quickly want to problem solve them and find ways to opt out of them. And that's really not in service to your processing and healing. Okay, so my second tip here is don't isolate yourself. I think it can be really tempting when we're going through a breakup to... You know, turn inward to just want to stay home and lie in bed all day, not speak to anyone, not have to tell the story. Because it can almost feel like every time we tell the story, it's like we're reopening the wound and, you know, having to feel all of those feelings very acutely in telling the story to someone else. And that can feel very overwhelming and we can have a lot of resistance to that. And while that's totally understandable, it is really important not to isolate yourself, right? Because I think that the more we isolate ourselves, the more we're likely to just spin around in our own head, in overthinking, in self-doubt, in loneliness, in shame, all of these things really thrive in, in aloneness. And when we're feeling very tender like that, it's so important to allow ourselves to be Held by other people, to be seen by other people in our vulnerability and in our mess, and to be loved by other people in that state. So, this doesn't mean that you have to go, you know, to big social events and really push yourself um, to do things that feel very out of alignment with where you're at. But even if it's just one or two close, safe people, a friend, a family member, who you can reach out to. And whether that's to talk about what happened or just to be in the company of someone who you trust and just being able to be around them and feel the comfort of that experience. It's the kind of thing that we can feel a lot of resistance to, but we almost never regret doing once we've done it. So don't isolate yourself. Allow yourself to be around people who love you, who know you, who you trust. It's a really important piece, um, And I can really counteract some of those downward spiraling patterns and behaviors. Okay, the third tip here is to really be mindful of the stories that you're telling yourself and the tendency to spin around in meaning making and trying to make everything make sense, right? I see this all the time. People will, you know, as soon as there's a breakup, they'll say things like, how do I know if I was the cause? Was it my anxiety that pushed them away? Should I have done this instead? What would have happened if I'd done that? And it's just like, what, what good is that doing, right? Nothing. These deep, addictive patterns of overthinking um, to the point of obsession can really just keep us so stuck. And the reality is you are not going to learn anything by doing that. You're not going to get any answers that you don't currently have by just playing it all out over and over and over again in your own head, right? It is such an illusion of control and comfort that we think we're going to be able to make it all make sense just by overthinking, right? So just really try to be mindful of the stories that you're telling yourself, the stories of, oh, you know, my ex was a liar or a cheater, or a narcissist or toxic or all of those things. And I'm the victim of that or whatever other stories exist and just go, okay, it's ended. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling tender. I'm feeling hurt. I loved them. And that relationship ended for an array of reasons. Cause most of the time it's not either or it's not black and white. It's both right. You know, maybe they were Unreliable and emotionally unavailable and you were anxious and pushed them away. Like maybe you really loved each other and you were terrible at being in a relationship together, right? Most of the time it's nuanced. There are multiple layers. It's not black and white. It's not clean. We can't tie it up in a little bow and then, you know, have it all make sense and, and move on neatly. Like we have to be really mindful of, how our efforts to make everything make sense are actually often just a, a distraction from feeling the things that we're feeling. Um, and you know, as so many people say, like the only way out is through, right? We actually just have to be with what we're feeling rather than trying to think our way out of it. It's, it's an illusion. It won't work. And it actually keeps you stuck for so much longer. That feeds nicely into my fourth tip, which is that sometimes we really need to release the need for closure. This is particularly so if the relationship was unhealthy, if there was a lot of conflict, if there was, you know, poor communication, if there were trust issues, um, you know, if it was very turbulent, when a relationship like that ends, often you'll feel like you're sort of standing in a war zone, you know, in the aftermath of a bomb going off and just going like looking at the rubble and trying to pick up the pieces and and make that all make sense. And the reality is that the less healthy the relationship, the less likely you are to get the closure that you want, even though that's when you need it most, right? Put differently, if the relationship was really healthy and the breakup was really amicable, you can probably get closure, but you're probably not even really going to need it, right? This whole closure thing that we become obsessed with the idea of is often just an excuse to try and change the ending. It's like, oh, I need to have a conversation with them so I can get closure. But really, oftentimes we're hoping that the person will change their mind or that there'll something will be different in that conversation, And I think like, again, comes back to the expectations piece. Like, let's be really realistic here. If you weren't able to have, you know, safe, vulnerable conversations in the time that you were together, I wouldn't be holding out hope that someone's suddenly going to show up and be able to communicate clearly and vulnerably and be attentive to your needs and be attuned after you've broken up, if they were never that person when you're in a relationship, right? Right. So I think that sometimes we have to really recalibrate our expectations around the likelihood of getting closure, and go, okay, what if my closure is accepting that I'm not going to get the closure that I need, or accepting the person that you are, or the reality of what our relationship was, and letting go of of the dream, letting go of all of the ideals and the hope that I was holding on to that we could be better and that things could change. Maybe that's my closure. Maybe my closure comes from within rather than from this other person because oftentimes that's just a continuation of like of the reaching and the trying to get through to someone and the hope and all of those things. It's just a continuation of the dynamics of the relationship. And it's like, okay, we broke up because that wasn't working. Okay. So doing more of the same after the breakup in the hope that it's going to make you feel better, I think is, is oftentimes, you know, there's some denial around that. And if we were being honest, often when we want closure, we actually want a different outcome. So I think really reflecting and being honest about what you're expecting in terms of closure and, and whether there's some healthier closure that you can actually give to yourself. Okay. My final tip here is to rediscover who you are outside of the relationship. And, you know, this is a huge one and it's a process of rebuilding, right? Relationships take a lot from us. I mean, I don't mean that sound negative, not at all. They give us so much, but we, we do give a lot of ourselves to the relationship and to the other person. And, you know, something I hear all the time from people is the hardest part is like not having someone to like text about something funny that happens in my day or all of the rituals that we had together that now have evaporated. Um, The person who I like go to that restaurant with or watch that show with all of those little mundane things where we have to, you know, anchor back into who am I and what do I enjoy doing and how do I want to spend my time and what do I want, you know, my day-to-day life to look like. So I think that, You know, turning the focus back inward and going, okay, I've got some rebuilding to do. And can I find, you know, curiosity and enjoyment in that process rather than approaching it from a mindset of lack and loss, right? And part of why I've put this as the last step is that it's almost, it almost is like a a chronological kind of five steps, right? Um, Because there is a grieving that will happen before this rediscovery and this rebuild. And that's okay. But eventually we do want to get to the place where we can go, okay, like, who do I want to be? What do I want my life to look like? And trusting that, you know, going through that process and really committing to your own, you know, self-discovery and, and evolution and blossoming, it's going to stand you in such good stead for your next relationship, because you're going to be meeting that person, whoever that person might be from a place of, you know, wholeness and fullness um, and vitality and, you know, having this really vibrant life that you're proud of rather than, you know, sitting in lack and loss and feeling like you're not enough without another person. You know, how can you become the kind of person that your dream partner would be attracted to? And I think that you know, figuring out what f- the fullest expression of of you looks like is a really beautiful part in that journey. So being really deliberate about what do I want my life to look like and feel like, what do I want my life to feel like, and how can I curate my days and weeks and months to really embody that which I value in myself and in others and what I want my life to to be like. So Rediscovering who you are is is a really beautiful part of breakups and is almost like a, a blessing after a breakup because it invites us to reflect and and be more intentional about our lives rather than falling into what can sometimes be complacency when in relationship. Okay, so those were the five tips for navigating breakups. I really hope that this has been helpful for you and if you're going through a breakup at the moment, I'm sending you so much love. It can be really hard and it's okay if it's really hard, but just trust that it will get easier and that you can do this. You're incredibly strong and resilient and capable and there's so much more out there for you. So sending you loads of love. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, please do leave a five-star rating or a review. Share it with the people in your life. Um, it is hugely valuable and I am so appreciative of your support. So thank you so much for joining me and I will speak to you soon. Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie stephanie__rig or at stephanierig.com. I've got loads of free content there. Plus, if you're interested, you can join the waitlist for the next round of my signature six-week program, Healing Anxious Attachment. Thanks again for joining me, and I'll see you soon.